Central. This is Tech Radio. All things computers, gadgets and web happening right now in Ireland. Hear us anytime on iTunes or download from techcentral.ie. Central. Hi there, and a happy new year, and welcome to Tech Radio, the number one Irish tech podcast, bringing you news and tech from around Ireland and across the world. Of course, you can hear Tech Radio on air with RTE on Friday evenings or anytime you like, of course, with your favourite podcasting app from Apple, Google or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we also keep you bang up to date daily on all things tech with hourly updates and daily newsletters, which you can grab for free at techcentral.ie. My name is Dusty Rhodes. This is... Uh, episode 850 and joining me for 2021 is our editor-in-chief Niall Kitson. How are you? Still here, still breathing. It's incredible. Still here, still, it is incredible, isn't it? I think there's, there's, a, there's, there's a false expectation in the air where it's kind of like 2021 is here and everything's going to be grand again. And it's like, oh no, maybe not. Well, we're, we're all going to be well. <laughs> we're all going to be vaccinated. Yes. That's that's what I'm thinking by, you know, hopefully by the time we get to the summer, uh, life will be very much returning to normal. And then hopefully by the time we get to, you know, kind of this time, 2022, next January, it'll all be a distant memory. Ah, but, I'm hoping. But I'm what, hoping. What will be normal? Oh, well, I suppose that's part of what we're going to be talking about on our show today, because it's kind of our predictions of 2021. Now, I'm immediately smiling about predictions for 2021, because the one thing COVID-19 taught us was don't try and predict things. Don't don't predict anything. (laughs) It's it's a fool's errand. It's a folly. (laughs) It is a folly. There's no doubt about it. But you know what? It's fun. And it's January. Uh, exactly. And this is something that we can listen to, you know, kind of in September and have a giggle and go, ah, we had uh, no idea. How wrong were we? How, <laughs> how wrong, wrong were we? <laughs> Goodness. So listen, let me start Let me start off with, I think one of the, the, the big stories last year, and again, COVID related, was the whole working from home thing. Yes. Now that we're kind of like, you know, we're over the whole, you know, 2020 and da, da, da. Uh, and, 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 you know, we're kind of starting this year as we mean to go on. How do you think working from home is is going to change this year? Well, there were a few dynamics uh, last year that I think were really fascinating, right? Things that uh, we hadn't thought about when we got all in on home working, right? So hear me out on this. Um, We have had to stay in close quarters with our partners for almost a year. That does not happen. Usually, you know, your your average family, somebody or both uh, people go out to work, they realistically see each other for maybe two or three hours in the day. Maybe they relax together for two hours in the day. If you have kids, maybe you don't get to relax at all and you feel like you're working all the time. Mm-hmm. We've been in a stage where people are have the opportunity to spend maybe eight or nine hours just near each other not even sort of talking to each other or having to do that all the time, but near each other. And how have we been getting on? I've, I have to say, I've been getting on just fine. How about you? That's very deep. Um, actually, do you know what? We've been getting on fantastic. Literally like a house on fire. It's 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 been brilliant. Um, so we've had no problems, but I think, you know, personally, I've been in a, a relationship, I was going to say, a marriage <laughs> Old fashioned me, uh, but we've been married. We've been married a long time, so um, 
No, but we are getting on absolutely brilliant. I have to say, really, really enjoy it. But I do get what you mean. Uh, do, do you know what? It's like we're not getting fed up with each other, but what we are kind of craving is that we would like to be able to go out more and see other people more. Yes. And part of that, and you know, mm. part, an awful lot of that is lockdown related. That's fine. Mm. But I think the fact that, you know, we are forced into these little bubbles, we are told to work from home as much mm. as possible, that we haven't gotten on each other's wick, I think is astounding. This is down. We both deserve medals for being husbands of the year. I think so. Yeah, and I know yeah. it's only January, but I think they should award them to us now. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, <laughs> you know, the way. we just learned to respect each other's bubbles. You know, mm. it's it's like we have a home office here. I work in one part of the place. My wife works in another. And mm-hmm. and things just seem to work out quite nicely. And, and, you know, she has certain times of the day that she takes breaks. And I have certain times yeah. that I do. And we don't feel Would obliged you- to eat lunch together or anything like that. No, true. But we're lucky like that. You know, we have very uncomplicated lives. There are lots of people who are working at home who've got families all around them and who have young kids and are just insanely busy and trying to carve out that. And that's where I think the 2021 is going to be interesting, because I think that working from home is definitely going to be a permanent part of our society, though I don't think it's going to be as much as they're calling it like Google or nobody's going back to Google until September or something like that. Um, I don't think that will be the norm. I think kind of a hybrid, a little mix. Yeah. Where you'll go into the office for two or maybe three days a week and then you'll work from home one or two days a week and this will be a long-term thing, right? But it also means that within your home, you do need to have a long-term spot set up for yourself to be you able do. to work professionally. And, and Google have said that... Uh, uh, they would prefer when things settle down, they would prefer that you come into the office two days mm. a week, minimum. Mm. Right. And, and I think that's, that is a reflection of something that we have heard time and again and that you've experienced and, and I have when it comes to working from home for a, a, tra- a protracted period where you're having sort of little bursts of interaction with teams or clients or other people that you're working with or interviewees that you miss out on those water cooler moments that yeah. that social element is gone. Every every interaction is very functional, which mm. means that you know. And we were this came up when talking to uh, Jonathan from Work Human a couple of weeks ago. You know, a, a company that relies on social their their product is social recognition, and employers going, "Yep, we see that you're doing a really good job." But you know, he was saying, you know, in our own organization, we're we're missing this. You know, um, yeah. so. You know, even progressive tech companies are like, "Okay, look, we want to get people." talking to each other in a non-antiseptic way, because that's how you, you get out new ideas. That's how things spark. That's where those god awful phrases like aha moments uh, <laughs> arrive, you know? So I think hybrid workforce is going, it is the way things will be. Like, and not hmm. from the perspective of managers trusting their employees at home. That, that proof of concept is, that's there. Like, that's it. Like the, the, the last year has proven that people can go home and work and be productive. You know, they, this whole thing of, you know, I'm paying people to goof off is is nonsense. Right? Mm. Uh, I mean, we can see that in, in terms of people's workloads every day, how people are getting through what they're getting through. It either has no effect whatsoever or people have been getting a little better. Now, of course, it has been an extremely weird year and we have had this this period of national solidarity followed by a little bit of fatigue followed by a bit of yeah all right we'll behave ourselves a little bit followed by more fatigue so it, it has sort of 
come and gone. But mm. I think our level of productivity has been, you know, consistently higher than in the regular mm. office environment. But yeah, it's finding that balance between people getting stuff done and finding new things to do. Now, I have a different take on working from home. Oh, and I think we're going to see that in a couple of months time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because if people haven't thought about it already, they should be thinking about it, okay? Right. Okay, if you can work from home, you can work from holidays. Now, before you go, you're nuts, all right? Mm-hmm. We traditionally will take a week or two weeks off and we go off somewhere and we have a good time, all right? Right. Now, if you take the whole working from home thing into consideration, why don't you go away for a month and incorporate your work kind of as part of your holiday, so to speak? This is a model um, that's actually been tried in a few companies and it has mm-hmm. weird repercussions. In Netflix, they have an open uh, leave policy. You know, take as many holidays as you want. The trouble is your work travels with you. Yes, I know it does. You know, but you do also get to see see the world. So wouldn't it be great to say to yourself, do you know what, I'm going to go uh, to Paris for a month. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I'm going to, I'll, I'll work on a Monday and a Tuesday or I'll work in the mornings uh, between 10 and 12. And then for the rest of the day, I'm going to explore the city. Or you could do it working in the States or you could go to Australia, whatever. It doesn't matter. You can just be somewhere and you can do, you're on holidays. So you will be doing a lot less work than you normally would. All right. Mm-hmm. But it gives you a lot more time to explore and really experience the area that you're visiting. You see, you're really not kind of not talking about holidays. You're talking about reduced time off. And I'm making that differentiation because, you know, mm-hmm. we're, when we're working remotely anyway, if that's the mm. model that we do and you're doing, you know, you travel to Paris uh, for seven days and you're working for two, right? Ah, no, no, no. It, it, it doesn't work. It doesn't work yeah. in that. In that circumstance, for short term, forget it. Yeah. All right. And, now, and, and I'm coming from the point of view that this is why I think it's a great idea, because I've done it. OK, right. Uh, in that, you know, I've part of my work has been, you know, traveling around the world with uh, my trusty laptop as I keep going on about it. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Uh, I'm being able to work from anywhere and everywhere, which I have done. Mm. And it for me, it's been fantastic that I'm able to keep working, but I'm also able to see fantastic parts of this little planet that we live on. And to be able to get a proper taste of them. Do you know what I mean? And to be able to say, no, I'm going to be away for the next eight weeks. But, you know, I, I still do my work as usual, but instead of going down to my local bar, I'm going to some bar on Bondi Beach or something. Yeah, but here's the thing, right? As a self-employed person, you are mm. master of your own uh, ah, work. Very much so. Yes, I am King Dusty. Yes, exactly. Whereas if you are working for a multinational, um, you still have somebody over your shoulder wondering why you're mm-hmm. not doing what you should be doing. Unless you work for Netflix, apparently. Uh, unless you work for Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, listen, that's enough about the uh, uh, the working from home. Uh, I want to talk about something uh, in a moment that's, uh, <laughs> it's beyond outside the box. It's outside the planet, actually. That's, that's how far out it is. But you want to talk about uh, social media and changes we expect this year. Uh, social media and big tech and regulation. Uh, which oh, I think yes, please. 20, I'm applauding it. Yeah, I think 2021 is going to be a year things really start kicking off. But if you're looking to the US for a lead, I think you are going to be stumped um, because, well, I guess let's look at the political dynamic as it stands at the moment, right? Early January. Trump has mm. lost the election, depending on, mm. you know, which 
part of the political <laughs> spectrum you find yourself on. Trump has lost the election. Biden is the president-elect. Yeah. Trump wants to leave behind, I imagine, a few little Easter eggs for the tech sector, particularly social media that, uh, you know, betrayed, in inverted commas, betrayed him for daring to fact check mm. his tweets. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would not be surprised if some sort of commission, committee was set up on the quick to examine Section 230, which is the part of American law that basically says social media uh, platforms are platforms, not publishers, mm. um, and therefore don't have to uh, say they uh, can't be held accountable for what's said on their platforms. Now, this, this is yeah. a, a law that was passed way back in the late 80s, when the problems uh, of, of that time were very different to the problems that we have today. But uh, if if Trump was to go, okay, we're we're going to put this in front of the Supreme Court. We're going to f- try and find a way to repeal it. Uh, I would not be surprised. Uh, okay. So I think that is something that could be quite interesting, unless social media steps up again and says, look, we're going to be even better at uh, tracking down bots and fraudulent accounts and misinformation and generate a bit more goodwill <sighs> that way. Um, that, yeah. Do you, do you think that's going to happen? I d- I don't know. That's why I'm saying you on shouldn't a, on look a scale, to America. On a scale of one to ten, how much do you trust social media? Oh, not not a jot. Uh, not a jot. Zero. Zero. The the only way social media changes is when there is some colossal screw up. They mm. issue. Uh, well, Facebook is particularly bad at this. There is a colossal screw up. Um, a statement is issued. You know, a, a mea culpa saying we'll do better. Uh, and then things disappear or a couple no, months no, later no. we might hear. Yeah, yeah. It ain't good enough. Yeah, no, and it never has been, but they always get away with it. So this is why I am much more inclined to look towards the European Union for guidance, mm. because as we know, the EU is much more pro-citizen than the US. US is pro-business and, and makes no bones about it. And that's fine. That's the rules if you want to, if you want to live in uh, the States. In the EU, however, there are two acts working their way through Parliament that are absolutely fascinating. And I think these are the two pieces of legislation that will come to define how we look at uh, digital companies in general over Mm -hmm. the next decade or so, or maybe even forever, you know. So um, one of them is the Digital Services Act, uh, which basically what, what it does is you know the way you will go onto a platform and you'll be seeing something and then all of a sudden you get a whole bunch of recommendations on yes. the back of it, right? Now, any, uh, all the companies like Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, they will always say, look, we have our own algorithms. They're, you know, propri- proprietary. They're ours, you know, our property. There are black boxes, if you will. And um, the EU wants to get get those black boxes opened up to see how the information they know about us is gathered, processed, and used. It's a fairly straightforward request, don't you think? Uh, yes, but because it's a black box, you by definition don't open it to nobody. You don't open it to nobody. Uh, however, thankfully the EU has, their, has the ability to issue fines, and they have done, uh, to all the big tech companies over over the past year. And mm. unlike GDPR, which I think is, what, 4% up to 20 million? Oh, I know where you're going with this. The fines are getting bigger. 4%, GDPR, yes, 4% of, 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 of global turnover. Yeah, 
up to a maximum of $20 million. What uh, is it now? Or $20 million, whichever comes first, I think. Yeah. Um, slightly different. Uh, if you don't, if you don't play ball with the Digital Services Act, it looks like you will be forfeit up to 60% of your annual revenue. Um, what? Which 60, 60. 6%. Six percent. Oh, 6%. Percent. Oh, right? goodness. Which, <laughs> if you're Facebook, uh, according to an article in, uh, in Time Magazine I took up, if you are Facebook, that could amount to $4.2 bill, billion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the billions don't, uh, don't concern me. 6%, taking 6% out of any business's turnover, yep. okay, is going to seriously eat into their profit. Yeah. So that's good. Yep. And, and you know what? The, Brexit isn't going to help you either because the UK government has announced uh, they, they, they've got a similar plan in the works. Uh, show us what you got. Otherwise, we're going yep. to take 10% of your annual global turnover. Wow. 10%. So we're, we're kind of in a, in this bizarre race to protect the consumer, which is mm. kind of interesting. And when you have companies that are so hung up on the idea of growth as increasing the user base, mm. as much as increasing revenue through advertising, I, I think we're in for a fascinating year on that front. So that's that's the um, Digital uh, Services Act. We also have coming the Digital Markets Act, which is effectively antitrust legislation. So for, for the idea of, of antitrust, it basically means you, you have not only cornered the market, but you are engaging in behaviors that basically make it impossible for other people to enter the market, right? So I think the, the best example of it from years ago was uh, the Wintel monopoly. It's like whenever you bought an Intel computer, it came with Windows or whenever, you, yes. know, you know, um, and that was, that was the way it was. And it ended up costing, oh goodness, it was, it was 140 million, which would. Oh, that would, it, it, it yeah, was telephone book numbers. Yeah. Telephone I, book I numbers. think another one would be uh, uh, Windows coming with Internet Explorer. Yes. As a standard, that, can, that kind of stuff. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Not only sort of cornering the market, but making it very difficult for anyone else to enter it. So mm. again, Digital Markets Act, which would require uh, big tech companies to pony up to the tune of 10% of your annual turnover. And if you are a repeat offender, if you've done it three times within uh, five years, you will actually attempt to break up your company. So uh, for the likes of Facebook would then be forced to sell off their WhatsApp operation and uh, Instagram and, 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 and run them as separate units yeah. or just sell them all together. Or sell them all together, which is something that we're mm. seeing in the States already. I think 46 states have signed a, a, a petition, if you will, to get to get things moving on an examination yep. of the WhatsApp takeover. Uh, the yep. ultimate um, sort of penalty would be divestment of WhatsApp and probably Instagram as well. Yeah. I kind of, I mean, I'm, 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 my personal thinking is that, you know, I don't trust because they're, they're not up front with you. Do you know what I mean? Google or Facebook or Microsoft or any of them. Do you know what I mean? They've got the cookies and they're tracking what you're doing and all that kind of stuff, but they don't tell you exactly what they're doing. And it's kind of like, the, you know, they know so much about you. They probably know more about you than you know about yourself. 
Uh, it's it's kind of a little bit scary. Well, you know, kind of uh, uh, if they were able to track that. It's, it's like, can you imagine, right, if somebody, if a human being in Google was able to pop up, oh, Niall Kitson, let's see what he's been searching for for the last year. And they were able to track your every search or to collate them and to see what were your top 10 searches. Yeah. And then what, what were the what were the weirdest, sickest, blackest searches of the year? If a real human being was able to do that in Google, you would not be happy. You would not be happy at all. Nobody will be happy with that. And, you know, they have, I think they have the ability to do that. So, yeah. so there's all that kind of side of it. There, there's a certain openness there that, that is not there, I should say. Hmm. Uh, so there is that. But then there's the other thing. Facebook is my bugbear at the moment, OK, mm-hmm. because I've been using it since... <sighs> What is it, 2005? 2005, 15, 16 years? A long time, right? Um, And I find Facebook now is worse. It's buggy. It's slow. It just doesn't do what it's supposed to do. It's grown so big. It's too complicated. It's like, oh, you know, and when you talk to them and you say, like on one particular advertising thing for for, for a client, uh, we were getting invoices every time we'd spend two euro on advertising. Well, that's two euro. And like, I kind of, I was on to Facebook and I was like, you know, come on, we run loads of accounts. Can we do something about this? I was like, no. Yeah. You know, so I, that's kind of my bugbear. Uh, YouTube is another one at the moment with the, the way they're placing advertising. I find it almost unbearable to use at the moment. Uh, and, and I understand YouTube having to have advertising on it. I've no problem with that. But literally when you're watching a video halfway through a sentence, bam, an ad comes yes. in. Yes. Yes. I and know. that's just got that, that's got to stop. They've got to work a way around that. It's, Do you know what I mean? If, if it's like television, it's like it's great. You're watching a TV program or whatever the content it is. And they go and we we'll tell you more about that in a second. Boom. You know, there's an ad coming and, and the thought has been paused or whatever it is they're talking about. Uh, but it's it's like interrupting you in the middle of a paragraph yeah. with an ad. It's yeah. it's it's uh, it's great. But anyway, that's that's all uh, EU and, and social media. Here's one I'm looking forward to for this year. OK. Mars. Uh, I think you're a bit optimistic if you're looking for I, next year. I, I told you it was outside of the box, isn't it? <laughs> oh. No, I'm not, we're not going to land on Mars this year. That's not going to happen, all right? But what I think is really interesting is... Uh, that last year we've seen the TV programmes come out. There was one or two series on Netflix, uh, both Mars related and making a trip to Mars. Uh, Elon Musk has forever been going on about, you know, kind of uh, going to Mars and they are progressing towards that. There's been more and more rocket launches uh, throughout 2020 and there'll be more again in 2021. Um, I love the fact that, you know, Elon Musk has called the, the, the craft that he wants to get people up into space. He's called it a starship. Niall, you and I are old enough to remember, you know, uh, James T. Kirk as the captain of the Starship Enterprise. And we were like, that'll never happen in our lifetimes. Here we are today. People are putting starships into orbit. Uh, Show me some Klingons, then then I'll be impressed. (laughs) (laughs) Then you've got Virgin uh, Galactica and they're doing their thing. Uh, Do you know what I mean? I just Mm. think the whole space thing. I I mean, the Chinese late last year. They sent yeah. a probe up onto the moon and for the first time in 44 years we had samples coming back from the moon. Mm. Like I think space exploration and Mars and all that kind of stuff is hotting up and I think this year we're just going to see it hot up a lot more. We might not necessarily get anywhere but maybe this year it could be uh, something. One of the things they were talking about in the States was they want to put the first woman on the moon. Great. 
and and that's not just kind of because we've been there before that's not like a kind of a thing where it's like well you know uh, we do these things not because they're easy but because they're hard and we've a 10 year window that's the kind of thing where they could say we're going to put the first woman on the moon in 2022 yeah well this reminds me of that that skit in Space Force did you watch Space Force did you oh fantastic yes it got it got absolutely panned but you know I thought it had a certain charm to it I thought the first episode was kind of ropey but uh, the more you got into it, the more you actually quite liked Steve Carell's character. When it emerges yeah. that he's not an idiot, you know, it's a, it would have been very easy to set him up as that sort of Michael Scott from the Office character again, just having mm. to be really annoyed. But no, in Space Force, yeah, you know, he's he's a bit lost at sea, but he's far from an idiot. And um, there's a couple of episodes where he does things that are actually incredibly smart. So I really enjoyed it for that. Um, Hmm. It had a good cliffhanger as well. And I gather it has been okay for season two, but whether COVID kills it or not, like it killed Glow, um, I don't know. Well, well, we wait and see. Anyway, that's another thing that I reckon we're going to see more of this year. Do you know where else I think you and I are going to be uh, uh, directly, as in things that are going to be exciting and happening and things that we can actually put in our hand and in our homes that are going to make us go, wow. Oh, goodness. Well, I mean, that could be anything, really. I mean, we're we're so excited about everything in in technology. Go ahead. Apple M2. M2. Oh, yes. Okay. Right. All right. So we're all agreed the M1 is fantastic. And as we've always said, never buy an odd number. (laughs) Yep. Especially a one or a three or a five or whatever, because they're always increments. The the one is the worst because you're the guinea pig. Yeah. But the M2 is going to come out this year. Okay. And not only is the M2 going to come out this year, but they're also going to do the MacBook Pro 16 inch with uh, their own uh, ARM processor in it. I think that... That's going to be really interesting. That What's going to happen is the M2 will appear in the bigger MacBook Pro and nothing else. Do you reckon, yeah? I think so, because... Um, yeah, that, that makes sense. It does make sense, actually. Yeah, because they skipped a generation uh, with, the, with the larger MacBook, which when mm. it came out, I was like, that's the device I want. Um, you know, it's a Mac. It can do loads. It's got great screen yeah. real estate. Yeah, sign me up. Uh, of course, it is very overpriced, very overpriced, but it's it's priced for a particular demographic. It's yeah, priced. it's a great machine. It's a business machine. It's a business machine. You know, and when you're running a business people. and you've got that kind of power for, for two grand, it's a bargain. Yeah, yeah. It's priced for business, uh, not for the consumer. Yeah, absolutely. So the M2 is, is one thing I'm looking out for. And I think Apple are going to cause controversy this year as well. <laughs> Shock horror. Shock horror. <laughs> um, what I'm hearing is that, you know, the ports uh, on the uh, on the iPhones? Yes. Going to get rid of them. Uh, okay. They're going to go, what, mag? They're going to mag go, free. it'll all be wireless charging yeah. and Bluetooth headphones. Wouldn't put it past them. Neither would I. Neither would I. That's the mm. one thing I'm kind of I'm I, I'm expecting to uh, uh, to arrive this year. And again, like, <sighs> yes, they got no. But I, I don't like it. That's 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 why I don't buy Apple. All right, so um, I don't like it. Bluetooth headphones. <laughs> In many way, I like Bluetooth headphones. All right, mm-hmm. because they have an amplifier built into them, and for some reason, they just appear to me to be louder than wired headphones. Right. The only reason that I use them and I like them. All right. Um, 
What I don't like about Bluetooth headphones is that I've got so many Bluetooth things that the Bluetooth all get mixed up with each other. <laughs> yeah, well, at the moment I'm using a set <laughs> We put on the Bluetooth speaker and it's like it's trying to connect to three phones at the same yeah. time. It doesn't know who's going to play the music. Well, I'm using uh, Bose 700UC headphones at the moment and they, they basically are premium home office stuff. And in order to use them properly, you've got the headphones, you've got your laptop or computer of choice, and you have to use a mobile app. Because it's all designed to be your your regular office around you, so all the so you've you've to use a specific mobile app in order to get the headphones to work. If you want to use sort of, if you want to control your noise cancelling, if you want to, uh, you know, install a digital personal assistant, uh, if you want to do presets of things, you have to use the mobile app. Ah, for the setup, but you do, you don't need it for actually day to day use. No, you don't need it for day to day. Okay, use. that's not too bad. That's not too bad. That's one of the reasons why the, the Sonos speakers, when they came out first, loved the Sonos speakers, loved the uh, the sound and everything off them. But mm. you would have to use a Sonos app yeah, in order to play music. And I was like, ah, oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be doing 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 that to me. <laughs> um, so, Sorry, I was going to say, yes. Uh, uh, so Apple dropping the ports in the phones. I think that's going to be the contentious story of 2021. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Listen, yeah. Okay. A story you were talking about earlier, I think is really interesting. Uh, the declustering of San Francisco. Yes. How, what is it and how is that going to affect us here in Ireland? Okay. Uh, basically, what has happened is uh, Elon Musk uh, has relocated to Texas. Hewlett Packard Enterprise has relocated to Texas. And now I think it's Oracle have relocated to Texas, all away from Silicon Valley, all away from California. And the reason they're doing this is because, you know, commercial reasons, uh, there's uh, a Republican governor, therefore they're going to be more business friendly. Uh, and also they just realize that they don't need to concentrate their workforce in California anymore because it is incredibly expensive to work there and to live there. The average price of a two up, two down in uh, in the Valley is $1.3 million dollars. Oh my God, I thought Dublin was bad. You know, that it's unlivable. And, you know, it's only when you go to, you know, three hours away that things start to become affordable. But now we're in a climate where you can have a remote workforce if you want. You don't need Mm -hmm. to live in the valley. You don't need to spend that kind of money on a house. So why wouldn't big companies just go, okay, look, let's just open an office over here. And if you want to come over and work in this office, that's fine. Uh, if you want to work remotely, that's fine. If you want to stay in California, well, yeah, okay, that's fine. And there are so there are plenty of knock-on effects. One of which is that it will actually start to make San Francisco livable again for uh, for the residents, which is something that has been a tremendous problem uh, in recent years. It's that the tech workers come in, they're paid extremely well, and they're buying up property uh, inside the city centre and basically just making it making the rents too high, making it impossible to purchase and squeezing out a lot of the people that were living there already. Basically, a process of, ge- of gentrification mm. that is killing the soul mm. of the city. If you make it so they, that... They, they said the same thing around the, the Ring's End area in Dublin. Yeah. And then around the Grand Canal and the docks and stuff like that. Yeah, and we're going to see more of it in Dublin, uh, I think, before it starts dying out uh, over here. Uh, but uh, yeah, San Francisco has been pretty much made unlivable. It's too expensive. Uh, and, you know, all the big companies can just move out and, and go somewhere else. Um, so this is a, a problem in that 
again, something we've talked about, you don't get those, you don't have that concentration of, you know, uh, ideas and enthusiasm if you have people dispersing uh, across the country. You just don't get those, you, you don't get those intimate moments with your with your colleagues where you're talking about something and you go, ah, brilliant idea, uh, which you've talked about this phenomenon over and over again. But this is sort of a side effect of it, that people will be looking at the business case for staying in very expensive cities. You go, okay, well, look, if we move out, we can pay people less for the same lifestyle. Why wouldn't we? And, you know, people might like a change of scenery. They might, they might like California. They might like having to spend so much on things. Of course, they're going to want to move out. Um, so, you know, to, to anywhere or to Texas. Well, well, we know we know that works because we have had many people on the uh, on tech radio over the years uh, who are running tech centres in Galway. There was one I remember. There's an excellent one in Kerry that I know, mm. uh, and in Cork as well. And what they're doing is they are they are, they're attracting these you know kind of global companies, and because the quality of life is is better, it's less rushed. You can buy a bigger house for the same money, uh, whatever it happens to be. Um, it, it works. So it's great to see, as you say, these uh, huge American corporations moving to Texas or wherever it is that they're going to move. Uh, and I think kind of combined with the, the working from home, which we were talking about earlier. Yeah, the world is changing. Absolutely. And, you know, this means that the tech sector could be on the cusp of fairly radical time, maybe a, mm. a humbling time on top of uh, increased regulation come in, coming in. I mean, if you can get people to work in cheaper places, the that still afford the same quality of life, I, mm. I think that's a win for everybody. Do you know what's going to help with that is, uh, is 5G? Aha! Uh, another hobby horse of yours. Another? Well, it's not a hobby horse of mine. It's just, you know, kind of, it's, it's, it's bigger, faster, uh, harder, longer, whatever that, uh, um, that Daft Punk song is. Um, but don't you yeah, know it spreads coronavirus, Dusty? Uh, <laughs> Oh, bless. Fact check. Fact check. Um, I think, you know, 5G is good in the same way that, you know, kind of, you know, we wanted our phones smaller and smaller and smaller at one stage. Then we wanted them bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, certainly with our TV screens, we want them bigger and bigger and bigger. We wanted our cinema louder and louder and stereo and 5.1 and 7.1. Everything needs to be bigger and better. All right. And I absolutely uh, applaud that. And I think, you know, jumping from 4G onto 5G, basically they're just giving us, you know, bigger and better. At the moment, for me, for my use, I don't need bigger and better. It's nice to have. But, you know, I'm looking at Facebook and maybe watching some stuff on YouTube. It's all happening on my phone. The data throughput I have at the moment is actually perfect for, for what I need. But 5G is going to bring in new uses that are not kind of the things we're using uh, mobile phones for today. Uh, and it's going to be my phone will be able to connect with certain electronic uh, devices which are in my office or in my home uh, and be able to do things for me uh, real time, which will enable me to work and live in areas that I would not previously have considered, like maybe Texas or West Cork. Very well. Uh, or that's, it, that's my argument on 5G. Yeah, my argument on 5G is that it, it will give us um, greater abilities and greater responses at the civic level to maintain our public services and our infrastructure. And I think you're, and we've had people on uh, about that as well yeah, on Tech Radio we certainly over, have. over uh, last year. Okay, 
Last one uh, for today, and I'm beating my own drum on this one. Dum, 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 okay. dum, dum. Do you know what I think we're going to see a change in this year's podcasting? Okay, right. You say a change in. Uh, elaborate. Or possibly a maturing, shall we say, okay? Because last year was fantastic, all right? Uh, last year, was, the pandemic was, really was podcasting's moment, all right? Mm-hmm. And I think podcasting saw like six years of growth in, in six months. Right. Uh, we've got a lot more people listening. We've got a lot more choice out there of the kind of uh, podcasts that are available. However, we have, I think, a huge problem with quality. I I agree. The amount of people that you hear in sports, in entertainment, in music that say, listen to my podcast and you know, you know up front they're going to be poorly researched and mm-hmm. poorly produced. Yeah, and I think it's just going to be a natural thing where, you know, kind of people started. We had this initially when podcasting came out first, whatever, 10, 15 years ago, uh, where people were able to put on a microphone and you would literally hear them going, ah, grand, now we're in my, we're in Mickey's kitchen and we're just setting up the microphone and uh, we have our podcast, we're broadcasting to the world. How are you, world? Where is Johnny? He'd be, he said he'd be here for a minute. It's that kind of messing around. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm actually hearing that again. I heard... Um, I'm not going to name it or where or even the area, but it was an Irish podcast, all right? Yeah. And it was from people who are in, let's just call it uh, radio broadcasting, marketing, advertising, the media, who should know better, right? Mm. Uh, and they were doing exactly that. Right. Here we are. We're just getting set up. Are you ready? No, I'm boiling the kettle. I'll be with you now when I have my coffee. It's like, good God, man. It's 2021. You need to get your act together because we as consumers, it doesn't matter who we are, uh, we demand what we want, when we want it, and we want it now. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Do you know There's no time for is? flapping around. Do you know who's, whose fault is it? Joe Rogan. Uh, have, you, have you heard his podcast? Of course I have. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, Joe Rogan. Skip the first eight minutes. Thank you. And, <laughs> and how does he introduce the show? Does, does he have a sting? Does he have intro, intro music? Does he have graphics? It's got a little bit of intro music, actually, which I quite like, all right, because it's really tight. But then he comes on and he just starts spouting. three and four hours. Well, once he gets the guest in, Joe Rogan will be so much better. You see, I don't listen to Joe Rogan often, all right? One of the reasons is I don't really know who half the guests are, all right? But when he does have a guest on that I like, it's like I don't have three hours to listen to a podcast. Yep. Do you know what I mean? I will listen normally uh, when I, if I'm going to sleep. I'll put something on for a half an hour uh, or if I'm making dinner or if I'm driving somewhere in the car or if I'm out on a walk or something. They're the opportunities. And it's like a half an hour to an hour. That's my max. Yeah. So Joe Rogan doesn't work for me. Um, and that rambling stuff, and I know as a producer that, you know, if you ramble and you see where conversations go, that's brilliant because you do get pure gold in those things that you don't expect. However, that's why we invented something called editing. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you could take out all of the flaff and you can just get to the gold, as it were, uh, and to keep it tight. Anyways, I think that uh, one of the, the, the production, thinking about it, uh, I think, you know, the preparation, uh, the post-production, the editing, I think the quality of the microphones as well has, has got to improve. Um and I think it's going to, sorry, 
getting my thinking here together. Previously, we had all that and then radio stepped in because this is what radio has been doing for for donkeys. And an awful lot of the main podcasts that are popular are from radio stations. And it's either regurgitated content or we're seeing a little bit more and more now specific content for for podcasts, which is great. But radio know what they're doing. Yes. Um, Then we also see a lot of stuff coming in from the States. And this is the bit that really narks me off. Okay, Right. Um, We see a lot of really well-made stuff coming in from the States because they have the audience in order to, you know, have a sponsor or advertising or whatever happens to be in order to support proper production of those programmes. And they do and they produce them brilliantly. All right. Yes. We, we don't have that kind of a market in Ireland and people just don't have the time that they really should do uh, to, to, to put into podcasting because it's just not at that professional level. Yeah. However, sorry, I'm on a soapbox. I'm going to get off now in a second. My thing is, is that because we had such great growth last year, podcasting is now a thing. And I think it's become a thing where um, people with money or advertisers or sponsors or companies on their own are going to get in and they're going to make a much more uh, decent job of their podcast than we have seen heretofore. Hopefully. <laughs> and I think maybe on that note, I'm going to edit ourselves. What do you reckon? Yeah. And we call it a day. A Let's call it a day. <laughs> we, we've got a good 15 minutes of stuff that was just rambly. So. <laughs> oh, what a heck of a start to, uh, to 2021. <laughs> no, thank you as always. That is it. Uh, we do hope that you do have a great 2021 and it's a lot better. I, I think it's funny because I keep saying this in emails. I hope, uh, I hope this year is better than 2020 was. It's like, you know, that's a no brainer, isn't it? It's, 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 it's a fairly low bar, Dusty. It's a really low bar. I mean, if your 2021 is worse than what it was last year, you're in real trouble. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, we're looking forward to a good year uh, and a, a really positive year, I think, as we get ourselves out of this uh, uh, mire, as it were. And as technology progresses throughout the year, we'll be keeping you up to date, as always, of course, on our website, uh, techcentral.ie, and through our daily newsletters, uh, hourly updates. You get all the details on the website. And, of course, our podcast, uh, which you can get online or you can listen to on DAB Digital Radio with RTE Radio 1 Extra. Until next weekend, uh, from myself, Dusty Rhodes, and from Niall Kitson, thanks so much for listening and have a great weekend. Get Tech Radio. Subscribe for free with iTunes or download on demand at techcentral.ie. Tech Radio is produced by digitalaudioproductions.com. Tech Central.